Well, good morning, church. Good morning. It's, uh, it's a difficult time to see uh, uh, some people left this world. It's always hard to it's always hard to go through that. And uh, I am uh, my heart my heart goes out to to Raul here. He's playing the bass and uh, he just lost his father. It's, uh, it's a tough one, but I am. Uh, I praise God for his life and the fact that he's standing over here uh, playing at the same time as he's hurting. Uh, and, uh, and so I ask you to pray. And uh, this week you, uh, we also lost a uh, longtime member of this church. And uh, uh, she was here for 50 years, maybe more than that. Um, at least, right? Uh, and uh, it's always... Coming to morning service, it's always a, a, a bittersweet when things like this happen because uh, uh, sweet in the sense that we, we are blessed to be here. We are blessed to be here together singing, praising God for this morning. Uh, it's a blessing to be here and, and be able to breathe the air that we're breathing and uh, able to open our eyes this morning, able to walk, uh, getting up from our beds and walk out. It's just a blessing. Um, so, this morning, uh, sometimes it's hard for me because I, I, it reminds me when I lost my father a few years ago, not about eight years ago now, uh, and uh, I was very attached with my dad. So, um, if you're here for the first time, we uh, we just want to say we're, we're we're thankful that you're here with us today and worshiping with us. Um, we're doing a few weeks. Uh, we're doing a few studies, a few weeks on God. And when I say on God, I mean we're talking about God's nature. We're talking about His attributes, His qualities, His characteristics. Who, who is God? Well, why do we talk about God? It's so important to talk about God. Why is it important to talk about His attributes? Because His attributes reveal who God is. His attributes reveal who God is. And what we, and what, we, what we can expect from Him. His attributes reveal, reveal what kind of God we serve. His nature. I also mentioned that the reason um, that a lot of times people go, uh, people go crazy, people go insane when they're facing challenges in life. It's many times it's because we don't really know who God is. So when you don't really know who God is, you face challenges in life, you're going through trials, you're tested in life, and you just don't know how to respond. You don't know how to respond because you don't really know who God is. And last week we were talking about the, the, the essence of God is He's an unchanging God. He's an unchanging God, never changes in His essence. He's always the, the one who he said he was yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's always the same. His love is always the same. We were talking about that last week. His love is always the same. His forgiveness is the same. And so today I want to start by asking this morning, do you ever worry about anything? Do you ever worry about anything? I mean, let me, let me raise my hand. Well, actually, two hands, and I'm going to raise my leg too. Because we all worry about everything. And, but, but, but why do we worry? If we are honest, why do we worry? The main reason why we worry is because of uncertainty. Because we don't know what's going to happen next. 
We worry about every little thing that we worry about is because we just don't know what's going to be next. We worry about work. We don't know if we're going to have a job tomorrow. So if there's problems at work, we worry because we're, we're like, you know, am I going to have a job? Am I going to be let go? I, I, it's there going to be work to do. We worry about our kids. I remember since my son was born, I remember I always worried, what is he going to be like? How is he going to grow up to be? You know, how is he going to be when he grows up? Is he going to have a good job? Is he going to be a good man? So part of my prayer for my son since he was born, it was always, Lord, I don't want you to make him a wealthy person. I just want you to make him a good man. And I was always, even to this day, he's 23 years old, but I'm always worried about my son. When I'm not at home, I'm calling him every day. I call him every day just to make sure he is okay. We want to make sure our plans turn out well. And that's why we worry. Because we don't know what's going to be tomorrow. Most of the time, even after we're done, all we can do to prevent a bad outcome in our lives, we cannot eliminate the possibility that something could go wrong. We just don't know. Maybe it's missing a fly or getting sick or, or messing up at work or losing someone we care about. We don't have the ultimate control over whether these things might happen or not. We just don't know what's going to happen. And so therefore we, we worry for that reason. When we have a hard time living in the uncertainty, we might return to the situation in our minds and keep on turning it over and over, imagining every what if, what if, what if. And a lot of times people have the tendency to live in the what if. What if this? What if that? What if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? And how we might handle it. We, we are trying to control many times the uncontrollable situation. There are situations in our lives that we have no control about, but we worry about that because we have no control. We worry about uncertain future events because we just don't know. And that's the main reason why we as human beings, we worry a lot. And one of God's attributes, one of His qualities that, that can give us peace in our lives, is that He is an all-knowing God. We don't know, but He knows. And a lot of times the reason why we, we have a lot of, we have a hard time when we go through tough times in our lives, is because we don't know, and we forget that we are trusting, or supposedly we are trusting in the God who knows. He knows every single thing that, that, that we worry about. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But a lot of times we worry about tomorrow. When tomorrow is not even here. We have the tendency to worry because we forget that we know the God who, in His essence, He knows it all. And this is what Jesus was telling the people that were listening to him in the Sermon of the Mountain. Remember in Matthew 6, as people were listening to him, they were sitting there, but who knows what they were thinking about. And because Jesus is God and he knows it all, he probably knew that as he was preaching the Sermon of the Mountain, people were thinking about other stuff. I don't know if you do that. I'm sure you don't. You guys don't do that. <laughs> As Pastor Royal, Pastor Oscar is preaching here, I'm not thinking about the food that I left on the stove, right? I'm not thinking, what am I going to eat after church? Well, many of us are thinking about something else. So, so Jesus knew that we're thinking about something else. And, and as, as they were worried about other stuff, they were not worried about the kingdom of God. They were not worried about, the, about making
making the right choices. And, and so he tells them in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, he goes, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. The reason we worry is because we don't know. We don't know what's going to be about what's going to be tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen in a week. We don't know what's going to happen a month from now. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food, and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? Which of you by worrying cannot accumulate to this statue? There's nothing you can do, Jesus said. It doesn't matter how much you worry. You know, worry, I compare, I compare worry all the time like we're running in a treadmill. Running in a treadmill or a stationary bike. You, you know, it, it's like you're, you're doing something, but you're going nowhere. And so I had a friend who told me, hey, I ran seven miles today. So where did you go from? Where to where? No, I was in my house, so you, 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 you didn't get anywhere. But you kept on running, and you were tired. You were tired, you were frustrated, you, you, you're, you, you're just, you know, you're out of energy. And you did a lot, but you stay in the same place. You didn't move forward. And that's what worry does to us. We, we, there's not a whole lot of change. We just worry and we just hurt ourselves. So in verse 28, Jesus says, So why do you worry about clothing? A lot of times we think about, What am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? You have clothes, just, just wear something. <laughs> you know, Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of this. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Or you of little faith? We worry because we need to grow in our faith. We worry because we haven't got to know really who God is. Because if we know that God is, is the one who knows everything, and He knows every single thing I need in my life, and He knows every single thing, that, not, not just what I need, but how I feel, how I'm thinking. If we know that God, then we will worry less. As a matter of fact, he says in verse 31, he says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What should we eat, or what should we drink, or what should we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows. God knows every single thing that you need. God knows every single thing that you're feeling. 
God knows every single struggle that you're going through. God knows every single trial you are going through. God knows all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things should be added to you. If you worry about seeking God, if you worry about getting to know God, the more you get to know God who knows everything, the more you get to know God, the more you get to trust Him, the less you're going to worry. The more you get to know God, the more you learn to trust Him. And the less you get to worry. Why? Because we don't know the future, but we can know and have a strong relationship with God who knows the future. He holds the future in His hands. We don't know what's going to be tomorrow. As a matter of fact, we don't know what's going to happen after we leave this place today. We don't know if the Rams are going to win. <laughs> I have a Rams right now. I have to say something positive about the Rams. Not knowing. When we realize how little we know about what's going to happen, that's, that, that's when we start develop, developing anxiety. We get anxious. Because we don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know if you experience fear. But, but when I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm not connecting myself with God the way I should, I, I experience fear. I, I'm, not the, I'm a planner by nature. I'm a planner. And so I like, to plan, I like to plan things ahead. And when I don't know what's going to happen, it drives me crazy. So i got to go back to God and say, Lord, you know what's going to happen. I, I need to get some good sleep. Because a lot of times we worry so much that we even lose sleep. And we turn around and we turn around and what's going to happen? What's the outcome? And what if I would have done things different? What if, you know, we worry so much. And we develop anxiety, we develop fear, insecurity. It's only normal to sometimes want to know. But God's saying, I know you don't know. But I know. I do. So, so what God tells us over and over in the words, don't be afraid. I know it all. Not knowing about God's perfect knowledge makes us worry, makes us anxious. Uh, and we would love to know the future. That's why so many people, they, they like to go to the, they like to, they used to go to, uh, it used to be popular back in the days uh, where people would go to the fortune teller, right? And they like to go over there and, uh, you know, they like to read, read my palm and do this and do that. I want to know my future. Everybody wanted to know their future. Back then it was a popular thing to do. Even though we, we live in a computer age, we still don't know everything, but God knows everything. As human beings, we pride ourselves in knowledge. And as much knowledge as we can experience in life and we can have available to us, we still don't know everything God knows. It is estimated till the 1900s, the early 1900s, the human knowledge doubled every hundred years. Every century, human knowledge was doubling up. You know, by World War, uh, uh, World War II, knowledge was doubling every 25 years. By year 2013, knowledge was doubling every 12 months. By the year 2020, Knowledge was doubling every 12 hours. <laughs> but we can never compare. No matter how much knowledge increases, 
We can never compare the knowledge we have to the perfect knowledge that God has and the control that He has in our, for our future. We don't know everything, and we don't know the future, but we can trust the God who knows the future. So in theology, they call these attributes the, uh, the, um, the omniscience of God. The omniscience of God means God knows everything to perfection. So there is nothing. A lot of things that happen in our lives will surprise us. But God never gets surprised. He is not surprised by anything. God is not surprised by anything. He knows everything. God knows everything to perfection. And the word omniscience comes from two words. And the root comes from the Latin omni, that means all. And scientia, that means knowledge or science. So it's that all knowledge. He knows everything. He knows everything that you have been through this past week. He knows everything that you're going through today. He knows everything that you will go through this next week. Scripture confirms that in Psalm chapter 50, verse 11. He says, I know every bird in the mountains, and the insects in the fields are mine. Basically, God is saying, I know all the animals, all the birds. I know every beast in the fields. I know every one of them. I know every one of them. I know every single one of them, and I know them by name. Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verse 13, it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. So with, no matter where we go, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how far you go, nothing is hidden from God. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before His eyes, before the eyes of Him who we must give an account. So no matter what you do, no matter where you go, people might not see you. Maybe, maybe people will see you, but uh, it's people that don't know you. And you think, okay, I'm okay over here. I can do whatever I want. Well, God, God sees you. God knows it all. God sees what you're thinking. God sees what, you know, what your intentions are. Even the Bible says that we don't know our own hearts. And there's a lot of people, I hear a lot of people always saying, you know what, you don't know my heart, I know my heart. And, and, and let, me, let, me, let me give you, uh, let me give you uh, uh, something to think about. You don't know your own heart. The Bible says the heart is deceiving. Who will know it? Only God knows the heart. Only God knows the deep intentions of every heart. Only God knows exactly what the motive and why are you thinking what you're thinking. So it's everything is it's is out there for him. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Psalm 147 4 says, He determines the numbers of the stars and call them each by name. I don't know if you ever tried to count the stars. You would never be able to do that. Only when we were when we were little kids we tried, right? Because they told us that. They told us, oh, you can count. No, you can't. But he knows each one of them, and he knows each one of them by name. So, some of you might be wondering, uh, Pastor, how, how does this relate to my life? So, you can be sure that if he knows everything about you, and you, you, can, you can be sure that he loves you anyway, because he knows everything about you, he still loves you. So, how does this relate to our lives? God's knowledge is personal. 
God's knowledge is very personal. In Psalm 139, and I'm going to ask you uh, to open your Bibles, if you have a Bible, if you have a phone or a tablet, open your Bibles in Psalm 139. We're going to be in, in, in a few verses in Psalm 30, 139. But we're going to be looking at every detail of your life, of your daily life. It, it, it's, it's in God's hands. God's knowledge is personal. He gets personal with you. He gets personal like that. In this song, 139, it's a song where David has come to know about God. You know how David went through a lot of hard times. He went through a lot of bad times, a lot of great times. He experienced consequences of his sin. He experienced great times of worshiping God. Because he, he, he was a man after, a man after God's own heart. And so he experienced this, when he writes this song, it's his experience, his personal experience about God. And so it is important to respond to that question, uh, you know, how is this relating to my life? It's important to respond to that question because whenever we think about God, uh, or however, you know, however you think about God, when you think about God, how He relates to us, governs what we think about everything else. What you think about God, what you believe about God, governs how you think and feel about everything else. If I understand God knows everything, if I know God sees everything, and if I know that God has the knowledge of every single thing, every single thought, every single feeling, every single word I said, if I have the knowledge that God knows the moment from the moment I get up till the moment I go back to sleep, if I understand that, how does that affect my behavior? I hope it does. I hope it does because we know that no matter no matter where we are, no matter where nobody's looking at me, human beings are not looking at me, but He's looking at me. And He knows exactly what I'm doing. That's what it means that God knows it all. His omniscience. What we know to be true about God, how we view God, determines how we view us, how we view the world, and what happens in the world. A.W. Tozer, a great theologian, who is now with the Lord, said, said at one time, he wrote this, he said, what a person thinks about God is the most important thing about that person. How you think about God is the most important thing about you. So in Psalm 139, David writes this song and he begins by saying, You have searched me, Lord. You have searched me, Lord. And you know me. So I tell you this morning, we might not know you. I might not know you. I have just barely been here for two weeks. But God knows you. God knows you and He knows the deepest thought and feeling in your heart. But you know me, he says. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from, from afar. Before I'm even thinking these things, you already know what I'm going to be thinking. You already know what's going to come to my mind. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is in my tongue, you, Lord, Know it completely. You hand me behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. 
And he says in verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. David is saying, I cannot even comprehend. And it's for us to understand, we are limited in knowledge. As human beings, our mind has been infected by sin. And so we cannot comprehend what is it that, how is it that God knows everything? But, but, but then the question, if God knows everything, then why? Why doesn't He do something about it before it happens? And let me tell you, when we talk about, we'll talk in a couple, in a few weeks from now, we'll be talking about God's eternal, being eternal. God is not limited by time. So God's spending, and He is the same in the past, in the present, and in the future. God is not limited by time. So He knows what's happening. He knows what happened in the past. He knows what's happening right now. He knows what will happen later. But He didn't create machines. He didn't create robots. So therefore, what God says is, He created human beings with free will to make decisions whether, and if we love Him, we will keep His commandments. But if we don't love Him, we will behave however we want to behave. But if we love God, we will follow His ways. We will follow His commands. That's what the Bible says. And, and so God sees us, and He knows what decisions we're going to make, but He lets us make our own decisions. Because He's not trying to control us like that. That's in His love. He's giving us freedom to make certain decisions. And that's why so many times we make the wrong choice. And so... It's too wonderful, David says. Such a knowledge, I cannot understand it. Too lofty for me to attain. According to this passage, God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows the status of your, of your health. He knows the status of your... Uh, he knows the temperature of your emotions. He knows the level of your faith. You know, God even knows, according to this song, God knows the purity of your thoughts. He knows what kind of thoughts you have every day. Yeah, whether they're good or bad, He knows every thought you have. You, you, you have. He knows the maturity of your soul. David is so overwhelmed when he's writing this song. He, he's so overwhelmed that he ponders on this truth about God that he writes in this song. And, 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 I ask you to open your Bible because some of the verses we don't have them on the screen. But in verse 14, he's so overwhelmed that in verse 14 he says, I am fearfully and wonderfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret. So David's telling God, uh, when I was made in secret, when my parents were making me, uh, that, that I was wonderfully made, and your eyes saw my substance. So your eyes knew who I was, uh, when I was uh, yet not even, I was not even born yet. And you already saw me, and you already knew me. And God has planned every day of David's life in advance. And so, after verse 14, if you go to verse 16 in your Bibles with me, and he goes, every day of my life was recorded in your book. So, Lord, you had a plan for me before it even happened. You already knew it. 
And the every day of, of, of my life was already recorded in your, in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Before I was even alive, you already knew exactly everything what was going to happen. So David is just, he's just overwhelmed with God's knowledge of his own life. And how should that make us feel? I don't know. I don't know about you, but let David tell us again in Psalm 139, in verse 17, this is David's reaction to God's knowledge of his life. He says, how precious are your thoughts about me? How precious. Lord, thank you for you know me really well. I cannot hide from you. If I'm struggling with something, I might hide it from people because I'm embarrassed. Doesn't that happen to you? It happens to me. Let, let me. I, I'm just going to be transparent with you. There's thoughts that go through my mind that are not good thoughts. Especially when I get mad at somebody. I want to react. But God knows my reaction. God knows what I'm thinking. And i got to thank God for knowing. Because, because He knows He can help me deal with that situation in my life. So many times we try to pretend in front of people that we are different than we are. And we put a different face when we see people that we know because we're embarrassed. And because we're embarrassed, many times we don't deal with reality in our lives. But God loves you so much and He wants you to deal with the reality of your life. And the reality of your life is that we struggle with things. So David says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. In spite, in spite of the fact that I'm, a, I'm this imperfect being, you're still with me. Even though you know me, you know my thoughts, you know my life, you know me really well, you are still with me. It's because God is not going to abandon you. Just because we're so imperfect, God's not going to go away from us. He's going to work in us to transform us to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. I, I, I never really thought about this in that, in that sense before. The thoughts that God has concerning me and how precious His thoughts are about me. Let me share with you about just a few things about God's omniscience for your life, for my life. Let, let, let me share this, some of these thoughts uh, with you. So, the first thing that I want to I, I share with you is that God knows everything about you and me. When I'm up, when I'm down. When I'm encouraged, when I'm discouraged. In verse, chapter, in verse 2 of chapter 139 of Psalms, he says, You know when I sit and when I rise. In other words, what God is telling us is that God knows and pays attention to every single detail of my life. Till the moment, from the moment that I'm up and until the moment I'm down, He knows every single detail of my life. He knows every single detail of my day. He knows what I did yesterday. He knows what I'm going to do today. He knows what I'm going to do tomorrow. He knows when you come and go. When you sit and when you stand, when you rise and when you fall. And how many times do we fall in our lives and we just don't want to tell people? Again, we're just too embarrassed to tell people that, that we stumble. 
and that we, 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 we fall sometimes. But God knows every single detail of your... As a matter of fact, God knows why you fell. Another thing that I want you to know about God, knowing everything about you and me, is that God knows what we're thinking. In verse 2 he says, You perceive my thoughts from afar. What have you been thinking this past week? What kind of thoughts go through your mind? What you're thinking governs your life. The way a man is what he thinks, the book of Proverbs says. So whatever you're thinking, whether it's positive or negative, whatever you're thinking, whatever whatever is capturing your mind, that is exactly God knows exactly what's in your mind. And so, so many times, you know, we, we want to pretend something different, but God knows exactly what's in our mind. God knows exactly what we're thinking. God doesn't only know what we're thinking, but uh, uh, number three, God knows every step that you or I will take. You know, just like that song, that, that, that old song from the police, every step you take, every move you make. God says, I'll be watching you. <laughs> ah, so, so many of you heard police, right? <laughs> My son told me, that's a stalker son, Dad. I said, well, when I was young, we thought it was a very romantic son. He said, no, that's a stalker son, Dad. I'll never play that, I'll never play that to nobody. I'm like, okay, son, okay, I'm not going to Oh, so what? That is stalker. <laughs> no, that's not. He just knows every step you take. He knows everything you do. In verse 3 he says, You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with my ways. What, 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 what the psalmist is saying there, what David is saying is, He knows what's coming. He knows what's coming for me. He knows exactly how am I going how, how to act. He knows how I'm going to act. He knows what I'm going to act. Why am I going to do what I'm going to do? It's like when you tell your kids, says, I know what you're thinking. You know, have you ever seen your kids with they, they make these funny things? And you're like, what do you want? I know you want something. Oh, when they show you so much love, right? And they just want to ask for something. And you're like, I know exactly what you're thinking. I know exactly what you want. And, and so God knows exactly where we come from and we're going. And what, why are we doing what we're doing? He knows. He knows every single thing in our lives. God knows everything you say. God knows everything you say. Verse 4. He says, Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Before the words in my mouth, you already know it. He knows what you are going to say tomorrow. He knows every word you will speak in all of the conversations you'll ever have in your entire life. He knows every word you're going to say. Think of some words you said this week. Oh, well, God knows it already. He knows whatever you said this week, God knows it. Whatever, however you said it, God knows it. And so therefore, we, we must be wise with our words. God knows them. But not only God knows them, the book of Proverbs says that others can be, some can be edified by your words. You can edify people's life with, their, with your words, or you can destroy a person's life with your words. 
And that's the reason why Jesus says that by for every word that we say in our lives, by for every word, every single word, uh, even if you think it's not important, whatever you say, you will give an account for every word you say. Why does he say that? Because whatever we say is important to God. So he knows every word that comes out of our mouth. Remember when you, uh, same thing, when you were a kid and, and, and they were accusing you of something and I didn't say that. But God knew if you said it. And sometimes we do that. I didn't say that. And sometimes it's just we don't think about what we say, especially when we're mad. Have you ever said something when you're mad? I did. And then I regret it. And then I go like, why did I say that? Why couldn't I just switch words? Why couldn't I say it in a different way? Because when we're mad, it's when we, a lot of times, we say things that hurt other people. And then, how do you take that back? You can tell a person, oh, I take it back. Yeah, but the damage is already done. That's why the Bible says it's so important that you watch how you say and what you say. And why? Because we're going to give an account of that. We're going to give an account of every single word we say. So God says, I know every single word that you are going to say in your entire life. Another thing, number five, God knows each feeling and emotion. God knows each feeling and emotion that you feel. But He also knows every struggle that you go through. He knows my failures too. Many people might not know your failures. You might hide those. But God knows it. So be open with God. Talk to God about it. He understands more than what you can imagine. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, the, the, the writer of Hebrews says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize. He's got empathy towards us. He empathizes with us, with our weakness. We have a high priest. We have one who has been tempted in every way. He's, he, he, had, he was not just tempted, but he suffered in every way, exactly the way we do. The only difference between Jesus and I is that he never sinned, and I do. He never sinned, but you do. But he understands. He went through all the things that you and I go through. He wrestled in his humanity. He wrestled with all the things that you and I go through. But he never sinned. Yet, he did not sin. He knows the hurt that are hiding in your past. It's a delicate subject, isn't it? Because we all have hurts that are hiding in our past. Many of those we like to forget about. But they're there. And we have to deal with it. And until we deal with it and we give it in God's hands, many times we just can't do anything about it. But God knows. He knows the hurts that are hiding in your past. And He also knows the fears that are clouding your future. Because many fears cloud our future. So, so we can be sure that He knows everything about you and me. 
And he still he still loves us anyway. He still loves you. No matter what's hiding from our past, no matter what's clouding our future, he still loves us. I can assure you that because that's what his word tells us over and over. God knows every trial you experience, nothing catches God by surprise. One of the things that I want to share with you this morning is that God knows the perfect timing for things. He knows perfect timing for things in my life. Have you ever prayed for something and and get a little desperate about it? Because you're not getting the answer of prayer that you want. And sometimes, sometimes God tells us to to our prayer, he, He gives us either... No. Lord, this is my petition. And God says, no. Sometimes he says, yes. That's according to my will. But the worst answer we can get from God is what? Wait. Not yet. I remember... When I was younger and I wanted to get something and somebody told me, wait, not yet. It's like, really? Not yet. Not yet. That is the worst thing for a human being. We want things now. And so God's timing is the perfect timing. As a matter of fact, God's never late. When you pray and you finally get an answer to prayer, it's not that God was late. When you got it, you got it later on. No, that's God's perfect timing. You got desperate. Because you don't know what's good for you at that moment. And so we, we, we will like things now. But God says, it's not your timing, it's my timing. My timing is perfect because I know. I know what blessings I have for you. I know what's waiting there for you. So Psalm 31.15 says, my times are in your hands. So God knows what's best for you and when you're going to get what He wants to give you. Don't get desperate. Because the moment you get desperate, that's the moment that you begin to to, to, to frustrate yourself, to be anxious about things. My time is, my times are in your hands. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, 12, He says, For I know the plans I have for you. We know this verse. We have known this verse for a long time in our lives. Because we, we, we hear this verse often in our lives. In church, everywhere. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I have plans for, to bless you. I have plans to bless you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Plans to give you a good future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. So God has good stuff for His children. He he has good stuff, but it's in His time. Not in your time. Not in my time. I had a... I had surgery in um, 2020, September. I was really mad at the doctors. Why was I mad? I had a gallbladder infection. And so this part of my stomach was always was swollen. Like it was big and it was uncomfortable. 
I couldn't just eat what I wanted to eat. So I was so uncomfortable and I was mad at the doctors. Uh, one of the hospitals that were supposed to do surgery, they said, oh, you're, you can wait. And so one of the guys that work at the hospital, he told me, hey, to be honest with you, and this is just between you and me off the record, you almost got to be dying for them to do this surgery. I'm like, really? So uh, that happened in the month of uh, March. September, we're out in the park. We, we, we usually take a year, uh, uh, two trips uh, every year to the river. So we go to the Kern River with the church in Lancaster. And so we're over there at the church. It's, it's early in the morning, and we're eating breakfast. We're eating some tortillas and, and beans. And, and we're eating our traditional, beautiful breakfast. And, and so I'm like, and they're like, Pastor, do you want to eat? I'm like, no. It was, it was painful. It was hurting that day. So I pass out. The pain was so bad that I pass out. And so they couldn't bring me to the hospital that they were supposed to do the surgery in. They took me to a trauma hospital in Bakersfield. Already a better hospital than the one I was supposed to be, right? But I was mad because they didn't do it in the other hospital. But that, that, that's, the, that's not the end of the story. So I'm mad at the hospital because the doctor comes and says, how come you never let them do this surgery? And I said, doctor, it's not that I didn't let them. They didn't want to do it. I want them to do this thing. I want this thing out. I'm done with it. The painful is too much. It's too painful. It's just too much. And, and he goes, okay, we could get it done here. So the first surgeon appears in my room, right? He comes into my room and he goes, uh, don't worry about it. We'll do this tomorrow morning. So tomorrow morning gets here. I'm, I'm drugged. I'm, I'm, they're putting all, all this stuff so I don't feel the pain. But in the morning, the, this surgeon never shows up. That's, Monday, that's Sunday morning. So another surgeon comes into my room and, he, and she says, You know, no worries. Uh, he, he's out, but I'm in. So I'll, I'm going to read about your case. I've already been reading some stuff. We're going to take care of you. I'm gonna, we're going to do it tomorrow morning. So Monday comes, tomorrow morning, doesn't show up. I'm, already, I'm still in pain. Getting medicine, pain, medicine for pain every six hours. So Tuesday comes, nobody shows up. And the nurses are just telling me, you know what, so a doctor will come, a doctor will come. No, the day, went, the day was over and nobody came. Wednesday. They take me into the surgery and I'm like, you know what, I don't even know if I want these doctors to do my surgery. <laughs> and then when they put me in the room waiting for surgery, it's 9 o'clock and they said the surgery is going to be at 9 o'clock. So I'm like, oh, thank you God, but just Lord please, make sure that whoever is going to do the surgery knows what they're doing because these guys, these guys are failing and showing up when they say they will. I don't know if I can trust them. So. Around 10.30, almost 11 in the morning, two hours, almost two hours late, this surgeon shows up. The guy doesn't look like, he, he looks like one of those guys who just woke up, and he's so numb, and he's so slow, and I'm like, oh no. Lord, I guess you want me to go with you soon, because I don't know. I'm like, and you know what I did? To be honest with you, I just closed my eyes and said, Lord, I'm just going to trust you in this one. 
So they put me into the, the room, they did the surgery. Then when I wake up, there's another doctor. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is not the one who did the surgery. <laughs> But there's another doctor and he says well I'm just here to tell you what the doctor did uh, he only took 90% of your I knew he didn't know what to do I'm like I knew he didn't he probably didn't know what to do he just took 90% of your gallbladder out and I'm like what do you mean 90% he says well the doctor that was doing your surgery he's the best doctor we have in this hospital he's the head surgeon you know, you always judge you always judge people by the way they look or the way they act, right? Which is wrong. And I did that. I confess. I'm a, I'm a sinner. <laughs> and then he, they go, that's the best surgeon we had. He saw right away that your gallbladder was attached to your intestine. If a surgeon wouldn't have that much experience, they would have probably cut your intestine. And now it wouldn't be just your gallbladder, but now your intestine would have been perforated and the emergency would have changed to something worse. At that point I just said, Lord, you, you didn't just know that I needed a better hospital. But you knew that these other doctors probably wouldn't do the job the way this one did. God knows what's best for you. God knows exactly what's coming to you. So many times people, we, we complain about things. And God just says, you know what? I know what's best for you. I know what to do better for you. Don't get desperate. And so I'm just going to finish by saying, God knows you by your name. He determines the number of the stars and call each one of them by name. He made you. He cares for you. He loves you because He knows to perfection who you are. Not knowing the future can make people experience worry, fear, insecurity. But then he says in Matthew, don't worry, don't be afraid. Jesus said, in Matthew 10, uh, verse 30 and 31, he says, and even, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You know that today after you took a shower, before, uh, before you came, or before you, when you brought your hair this morning, God knew exactly how many hairs were left in your head. And if not in your beard. Or whatever you have. He says he knows all your hairs. Every single one of them are all numbered. So then Jesus says, how do we apply that? Don't be afraid, he says in verse 31. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. He knows every single thing about you. So you can be sure that he knows everything about you. And in spite of that, he still loves you anyway. And if you have never given your life to God, I'll tell you this. He knows your struggles. He knows what you've been dealing with in life. And He still loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And He wants you to know that it's better that your life is in His hands 
and not in your hands. Because you don't know the future, but He knows. And He controls all those things. Isn't that what Romans chapter 8 says, verse 28? That He knows what's best. That whatever happens to you, He has control over those things, so He knows what's best for you. And if you're a believer, and you haven't been doing things the right way, if you have not have not been behaving before, if you have not been behaving before God the way you should, He knows everything you've been doing, and He's just He's just giving you another opportunity to say, Lord, forgive me, for I have not done the right thing. I have not had the right thoughts. I have not said the right things, and I know You know everything. So please, God, forgive me. Help me to start all over again with you because He's the God of second chances, by the way. He, he gave you life this morning to give you a second chance. Everything He knows about you, He's willing to forgive. Just give Him your life. Trust Him. He will always do something better for you. Much better than what you can do for yourself. Our Father in Heaven, we want to thank You this morning. Thank You, Lord, for You know all things. Thank You, Lord, for You know that we were all going to be here this morning. Thank You, Father, for allowing us to come before You. And, and, and you want us to come just as we are. But you will not leave us just as we are. You will transform us. You will work in our hearts. You will work in our lives. And you make us a new creation. Father, I pray that if somebody in this place has never given his life or her life to you, that you will touch their hearts, Lord. And, and that you, we will understand that you forgive every single sin that we have. And that you want us you want us to be part of your family. That we can have that assurance that if we're not in this life, we will be in the next life for eternity with you, Lord. And if we are believers, Father, I just pray that we will walk in a manner that is going to be glorifying your name. Because we can hide from everybody, but not from you. You know all things. And I pray, Father, that today we'll make better decisions. That this week is going to be a better week. Where we're going to be making better decisions based on what we know about you. You're the unchanging God. You're an all-knowing God. In the name of Christ we pray.
we cry and hearing um, every uh, moment that we give as you did for King Hezekiah. God, thank you for doing that for us as well.